tell me your mom is the queen of England and I get to live a glamorous life. You wish. As a royal. You wish it was. <laughs> I do wish. <laughs> I don't. I know. And you're just don't here. Don't let the pre- skin color <laughs> fool you. <laughs> you're just here <laughs> pretending to be poor to learn humility. But really you're like descendant from some rich Europeans or something. No. Did you ever watch that show? What was it called? Two Broke White Chicks? Two Broke Girls. Oh. I guess <laughs> yeah, white, white wasn't, wasn't in there. White wasn't in the name, no. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? But they they were white, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were white, yes. <laughs> well, that's me. I'm I'm a broke... Girl. <laughs> I'm a broke girl. You're one of the two broke girls? <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> no, I don't have any lineage to royalty as <sighs> far as I know. What But I have I some French blood. For? What? <laughs> I'm here to make a name for myself. We're building an empire with High Key Book Club. Okay. Whoa, wait a minute. Spoilers? That's, I think I spoiled who we are. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cameron. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're High <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> We're Thanks Hi- for tuning in. <laughs> We're High Key Book Club. I'm Selene. I'm Cameron. And High Key Book Club is like a book club but for tv and movies and first part we do non-spoilers and second part we will dive deeper into the movie we're discussing today and there will be spoilers and we'll warn y'all but right now you're safe spoiler free generally 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 i have a tendency to slip Uh. (laughs) i've been pretty 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 good yeah 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 so Today we're covering Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy. And sorry we weren't here last week, but Cameron was too busy at the beach ignoring his responsibilities to the podcast. Excuse you. I was trying to enjoy some quality family time on the beach on the last free weekend of the summer. Right. So while Cameron did that, I... What'd you do? Dyed my hair blonder. (laughs) (laughs) and followed all the beauty guru drama on youtube right it's very interesting because that was clearly a national headline well honestly it's been getting some mainstream coverage not like logan paul level but like i mean it should because there were some very controversial remarks that were made yes and it's a great case study for any social media scholars out there very much yeah it was insane and it's did i just invent a field no. Social media scholarship. I'm sure it exists. No, it's still develop, still developing a bit. But yeah, a lot exploded over the past week in the beauty YouTuber community. Beautubers. I see. As I think Jenna Marbles said that or mm-hmm. someone. You're not going to ask me how my weekend was? How my vacation yeah. went? I asked you, how's the beach? It was really, <laughs> it was really hot. Yeah. Actually, you know, what was weird was that it was actually cooler in... Port Aransas than it was in Austin. The wind. I guess. We have no wind here right now. The high was like 88 degrees. Wow. It's the wind. I guess so. Here we have zero wind right now Mm -hmm. and it's super hot. It was very bearable. That's good. I was surprised. I wore lots of sunscreen and my body thanked me for that. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you had a nice beach weekend. It was fantastic. I wish that you could have been there, Zeleni. I know. I had a hair appointment and those appointments take forever to book. So that's what happened. I saw somebody catch a baby hammerhead shark. Oh. (laughs) It was kind of sad and cool at the same time. That's sad to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, you you would have been so grossed out. Yeah, you I would have like, been running away. I don't know. So I, far, I don't if do you had saw it with the hunting or the fishing, I'm not into it. It was like that's what you do, I guess, in Porto in like Corpus and Porto Rancis areas. I was so shocked. Like it looked like everywhere I looked, there was somebody fishing. Yeah, it's like Pokemon. It really was. <laughs> it felt like going out on the dock <laughs> and casting my special rod. Right. Oh. But was it gold that, rod? That sounded kind of oh. <laughs> not the best. Okay. Um, <laughs> while Cameron was at the beach, I watched a little Baywatch and it was bad. Not the show, but the, the 2017 adaptation. Zach Efron one. It was bad. Yeah. I don't recommend that. Really but this, not the best movie. Yeah. This podcast is not about It that. was a commercial success though. <sighs> I guess. Well, because it was a commercial. It pretty much was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty awful. And uh, But something else that you did was you somehow found some time in between Baywatch and getting your hair done that to clean up the oh, studio. Yes. I, I did. I deep cleaned everything. I'd, I'm telling Cameron I'm feeling like finally ready to thrive because it's about to be Virgo season. It's fall. Virgo season. It's Virgo season officially. I'm a Virgo for anyone that doesn't know. And just like the next few months. Are I'm my a Taurus. I know. <laughs> I further like the next few months are my favorite times of the year. And it's like it's bad because I put so much stock in those months that like the rest of the year I'm like sad <laughs> and like less responsible. But mm-hmm. this is like, oh. I love it. I, you know what I love about the fall? The, it's unconventional. You like the pumpkins? No. You don't like the pumpkin spice lattes? No, oh. that's basic. My well, hair might look basic, but. <laughs> do you like the crumple of the leaves under your feet? That we don't get leaves here. <laughs> uh, you know that was so weird last year. We got the leaves in like February. We always I think. get the leaves in February. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. But no, my favorite part of fall is all the scents like there's just something about it where it like scents it just all of, everything makes sense all of a sudden no <laughs> not the year of realizing <laughs> things it's the the scents the smells the smells you know what a smell is well i get that but like <laughs> so i just give me an example of a scent like in fall what's a fall autumn scent like pumpkin spice yeah and <laughs> like cinnamon well, same thing. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what that is. Um, like pine trees and like mm, okay. sugar. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> like every uh, smells are heightened for some reason. Like people start wearing like different scents. And I just remember in school always like when it started to get a little colder, it was like uh, all the smells I could. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I like candles now. I so can't like my snuggly sweater candle. That's so fall. I love that one. I that's can't my put my favorite. finger on it, but I, I just understand you. Yeah. Intuitively. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, so I'm excited, and I, I think all that inspiration of it being like prepare your nose. My time of the year, I like <gasps> deep cleaned my life and trying oh, to get shit together. You know. Right. And getting there. Well, speaking of noses. The protagonist in this movie has a nose scene that we're going to get to in the spoiler section. Yeah, you're spoiling But before that even, we should probably jump into some facts and figures about this movie. Well, so did we say already it's Crazy Rich Asians? I don't know if we did. (laughs) We did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Because I remember I was like, 
crazy. No, and that's all I said. I don't remember that. When you go back and okay, listen, okay. you'll hear it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Crazy Rich Asians. It came out literally like a couple, a week or so ago, mm-hmm. a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty excited about it. I didn't know much about it. I feel like I saw a trailer a long time ago and then forgot what was in it. So I didn't have oh. much of a sense. Do you remember where you saw the trailer? I think it was in theaters. Huh. Like You've been seeing so many movies. Oh my God. I was so excited for... The a star, a star is, is born. born. We uh, this was my first time, the Crazy Rich Asians, seeing a Star Is Born trailer in theaters. Oh, and cool! It was so exciting. It was a little longer too than like right. the ones on. Oh my god, I'm so excited! October. It was my first, I think, a Star Is Born trailer to see. Yeah, y'all are warned. Y'all have been warned for like months. We're doing a Star Is Born. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, we better. So, yes, we're so, having like Gaga. Bonanza. Oh, yeah, we are. We're going to see her in Vegas. Kakapalooza. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We got some ticks, yeah. but we got to figure out how we're going to go there. Right. <laughs> eh, we'll figure I wish out. we could hitchhike mm. like the old good and old days. <laughs> no. Just forget everything. Forget all our responsibilities. No. Move to California. But anyway. I was impressed, though. It looks like her acting's going to be real cool. Oh, she, and, oh. she's so good. Like, people don't know her as that, but if you're a fan, you know that she, like, comes from acting. She mm-hmm. comes from, like, musical theater mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like, she has experience. It's not like they just got someone to get a name, you know? Right. And, like, Barbara Streisand has played this role. So it's, like, the type of person. This is a remake, if you it, didn't know. It's not Bradley Cooper's directorial debut, yeah, is it? Yeah, it is. It oh, is. okay. Yeah. See, I'm just always skeptical about the... Big actors well, directing. Well, not about that, but when they act and direct oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time. It's a little narcissistic. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've never been on one of those sets. So I don't know what the dynamic is like. And I'm Bradley Cooper seems like a real nice guy. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I don't but know. I'm just excited because it's my queen and it's her like big, big acting debut, even though yeah. she's had like American Horror Story or whatever. But anyway, the trailer well, was so good, though. Yes. Like it was oh, a great trailer. Imag- I saw a tweet that was like, oh, imagine like you're afraid to sing and then you open your mouth and you sound like Gaga. <laughs> like because, you know, it's like she's shy and then yeah, no, whatever. So, but we'll say that for that podcast, <laughs> right. October 5th, it comes out. Oh, cool. So we're going to be on top of that shit. Yeah. While you're out at ACL, we'll be at a stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Crazy ex- Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, well, I was going to just say that I didn't hear about this movie until about two weeks ago oh. when, so you remember I came over to the east side of Austin uh, for, to pick up my drive yeah. when you were at the architectural thing. And I decided to stay a little bit longer on the east side because it was such a beautiful day and it was like a cooler day uh, this summer. And I found this really cool park nearby to go walk on a trail. And I put in my headphones and tuned into NPR because at 630 they always do Marketplace. Right. I love Marketplace <laughs> with Carisdell. And right. that's the NPR voice I I'm know. hoping to emulate someday. <laughs> right. Yes. Anyway, just moving forward, he had a guest interviewee on his program that day and it was John Chu. Oh, okay. The director? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. John Chu was on and they were talking, they were going into the business aspect of producing a movie like this and the, you know, the timeliness of it and the risk that it is on the distributors uh, and to, you know, take the leap to uh, mass distribute a movie 
uh, uh, like this, yeah. right? And so it was a really insightful interview of how uh, Chu was having a sort of just realization in the last couple of years about needing a movie like this. Yeah. And was the first since uh, Joy Luck Club 1993 that has 93, right? Yeah, that's has what they like mentioned. Yeah, all star or all Asian, Asian cast. cast. Yeah. Nice. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then just uh, he went into the negotiations that he had to do it because he had went from studio to studio to studio about trying to get it done. And they wanted to whitewash the main character, which I guess we'll get into because spoilers, I guess. Um, But they wanted like the lead actress to be a white person and to rewrite the story that way. Rachel? Yeah. Rachel. Yeah. And it it like like I, I could so see it how it would be rewritten. Sure. With a white girl, but like it would be so much more like cliche and typical and not exploring like the dynamics. Especially the family. Asians. Right. Because like that's a big deal and that's something that like, and I don't know when to get into this. Like the Asian American? Yeah. yeah. So that, and that's a thing like white people aren't so like in tune with because, mm-hmm. you know, to, and, and this is something in every culture. Oh, I should say this for the spoiler part because I don't want to mess with it. But we'll move on quick because sure. there's a lot to talk about. Cool. But yeah, I think I think nowadays diversity is super in and it's great. Mm-hmm. Despite like like I know it's like, oh, everyone's jumping on the train to profit. But it's like, good. I want that to be the train. That's a good train. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad. And so I think that's what this movie is showing, especially mm-hmm. also piggybacking on the release of uh, Black Panther. Right. Uh, kind so, of yeah yeah um, earlier this year right exactly and this is showing that this is the year where a movie can be made with uh, a diver- racially diverse cast right. that is still profitable like but it isn't it like they're not going to make criticisms diversity. like anything sure well not actually Black Panther did a good job of this but I wonder if the criticism is the behind the scenes in terms of the people making these decisions. It's no, it's more about, well, yeah, like the casting. It's very like, uh, this is, uh, this is the thing. It's like hard because, you know, to white people, they're they're not in tune with all the conflicts within each minority Mm -hmm. group and each minority group suffers from the same things we're fighting white people for. So basically like the wider looking people of each minority group are the ones like in more power Mm. and there's lack of representation of like the people of color within each group. That is kind of how I felt, yeah. I think, watching this movie. So here they say it's like, oh, everyone looks very East Asian, fair skinned, all that. And there's a lot of like Chinese people of color and like Malaysian people, like a lot of people that don't look like that. Mm-hmm. And that's like the criticism on the diversity within Asian culture. Oh, so it's I like, see. Uh, it's I see like, what you're getting at. Yeah. And it, it, it brings me more to sort of this like like the this push in the direction of diversity but like we still don't have a lot of projects like this like we have black panther and we have crazy rich asians let's just take those two examples and then everyone or like coco too let's say coco Mm -hmm. for hispanics and everyone in that minority group is expected to like feel represented and that project has all the pressure of representing everyone in that minority group. And then it can't because it's like 
you can't represent everyone. Yeah, you exactly. Know, like, this but it also shouldn't be that movie's responsibility well, to do exactly. that, right? And that's but I guess like, that's the problem is that yeah. uh, there, you know, we might not get another movie like this for another 30 years well, for all we know. Hopefully right, not. Right, hopefully not. But I'm just saying like... It's just like right now we don't have right. enough projects where like everyone's feeling represented. And so people criticize what they when they don't see themselves, even though it's like it can't represent everyone. Right. And that sucks. Like they'll ask like a Venezuelan influencer or something like, oh, what do you think about Coco? And she's like, I'm not Mexican. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't do mm-hmm. this holiday. Like what? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and it's like mm, people don't realize it's like. It's not one size fits all, even within these minority groups. I thought you were talking about the lack of diversity in the production room in terms of the crew and all of those types of people and like the the board and all of that. I don't think so. I think it was a lot to have or it was great to have Chinese director. I mean, I think (laughs) that's a great thing. I think the screenwriters, at least one of them was... Asian for sure. Mm. I think they both had to be. I mean, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know anything about the source material. What do you mean? The book? Yeah. What about it? Did you find it's up anything about the source material? I mean, it's written by Kevin Kwan. Okay. When did it come out? 2013. Okay. So it's kind of a new book. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did it's the film deviate from it at all? I didn't see much of that. I didn't see anything major. But I haven't read the book. <laughs> did so. you see if the author had anything to do with this? He did. So he, he produced w- it or he helped produce. Yeah. He like he didn't want to give it away without having like some control mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. So he definitely had control. He was the one trying to sell it and they were trying to buy it from him. But like they were going to whitewash the mm-hmm. the actress role, the lead actress. Got it. And so he like rejected that. And yeah, he's very involved. He's actually face he's the one i asked you he is facing charges for draft dodging in singapore oh even though he moved here or yeah moved here when he was 11 or something man that sucks yeah that's awful draft dodging right so like we're assuming this means military draft right (laughs) because i was like what the hell is draft dodging? yeah but yeah so at first i thought it had to do with like car drifting but then i realized it was, oh. that's drift <laughs> I, I thought it had to do with like Draft. drafts of his book or something i don't know uh. <laughs> like plagiarism i don't know uh. um. i don't need to submit a manuscript <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's I good as sure. it is <laughs> so you can't you can't edit stream of consciousness so <laughs> it was it it was expected to well okay so netflix really wanted it that's what i Did had you read about that yeah. well it was in the interview okay he yeah. mentioned how they were really bidding for it they wanted it bad they right. offered a lot of things so but it had to do with like he would lose like right certain distribution rights to it right or like no they they said they wanted the cultural impact of the theatrical release oh uh, wait so they wanted to theatrically release it. Yeah. Netflix did. No, 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 no. The they oh. the creators wanted a theatrical release. And Netflix doesn't have that. Oh. But Warner Bros. did. So right. Warner Warner Brothers got it. I see. And Netflix offered some like very sweet deals, and mm-hmm. they didn't take it. Mm-hmm. They offered a guaranteed trilogy. Damn. Because it's a trilogy, the books. Okay. And the second one sequel is already confirmed. It's sure. happening. And cool. 
But Netflix had guaranteed the whole trilogy and seven figures for every stakeholder. Oh. And, oh, and total creative freedom. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix is insane. I know. <laughs> Netflix really wanted it, but yeah. they wanted the theatrical release. So. But the Netflix is still crazy because, like, I mean, I don't even know the full details of it, but I just know that, like, when you go with the Netflix, you don't have hardly any rights when it comes to the final product. Like what they do with it? Like, yeah, they have, yeah. like, well, total, have total ownership and they get total, like, yeah. revenue, like, royalties in terms of. I mean, that makes sense. That. It's on their platform. Yeah. But for the first time, I've, I'm hearing good things about a Netflix movie. I'm still, it's still. <laughs> for once. Like, like. <laughs> Very good reviews, and it's kind of relevant to this because it has. I think it has an Asian girl lead. I feel like I remember hearing it's about this. To all the boys I've loved before. It's mm. a long title, but mm-hmm. I've heard good things. I'm I'm still wondering. It's in that phase where it could be just like strategic promotion that looks like it's general positive reviews, but it's really like Netflix promoting it. Because yeah. that's how set it up was. And, and I saw like, oh, everyone's loving this rom-com. And I was like, oh, I should watch it. And then I was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> mm. So I'm still unsure. I think this one is actually legit. Like people are actually loving it, mm. but not sure. But I want to watch it. I'll watch it. But it's also important. It's a cool diversity moment, too. Well, but that was yeah. interesting to learn. I, I'm always skeptical about Warner Brothers. Uh, they haven't been the most consistent studio for me in the last like 10 years specifically with their attempts at their own DC universe, Mm. comic universe movies. But maybe that's just another branch of their studios. And well, to me, it means more is it. This was produced by Nina Jacobson, which is cool. It's it's one of the only like top dog women. Nice. Like in Hollywood producers. And she's behind, like, a lot of things. Like, she was at Disney for a while, and there she was behind, like, a lot of big, big things. Oh. And, yeah, she's done, like, a lot of things. I forgot all of them, but, like, sure. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were huge. <laughs> and that's cool. I mean, I like that it's a woman producer. I think it was a very... So, for those who don't know, this is Crazy Rich Asians. It's, it's a rom-com. But, like, it's it a, is a rom-com. But it's a well-done rom-com. And it's, it like... Was why is that so hard nowadays like and regardless of them being asian like it was good like it was it felt genuine that's something i was gonna say it was that i feel like the rom-com that we've been so traditionally served uh for the past few decades has been this sensationalized yeah. type of romance this type of uh and it's like there's gags fluffy love yeah, yeah like comment there's it's like mixing with that genre of like ratch comedy like white chicks and like yeah you know those hangover that kind of right i guess hangover is kind of the start what no i feel like wedding crashers okay okay yeah. Yeah, i don't think you ever saw wedding I crashers did see wedding oh you crashers, did okay, I, yes i'm sorry uh-huh. <laughs> all right all right i'm sorry but like the but then the hangover came out right after I'm sure inspired by Wedding Not Crashers. Right after. It Pretty was a close. Lot. No. No, it was like two or three years. Wedding Crashers was like oh five. When did White Chicks come out? White Chicks? Yeah. Oh three. What? White Chicks was one of those movies too. So White like, Chicks isn't a rom com. No, is not it? not a rom com. Well, it has rom com elements, but like right. <laughs> it's it's that genre. Neither is a hangover. I'm not saying right. these are rom coms. I'm saying like now 
the rom-coms blend a little with those ratch comedies yeah like can we just call them that <laughs> i don't know what to call them like They're baywatch grotesque counts. yeah like all of these like just there's terms for it jokes just, about penises yeah. and like it's just the grotesque humor yeah that and i feel like either rom-coms are meshing with that like i think of mike and dave need wedding dates that's mm. a good it's very dumb like that but what about 50 first dates is it kind of got the yes <laughs> I, I actually so. like i like 50 first dates but, <laughs> but that's also the adam sandler brand Right, maybe I feel like he contributed also mm-hmm. to, to, this. The, to the rise of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And <laughs> now it's mixed with that. Either it's that, or it's like this weird, like self-aware. We're trying to be cheesy and dumb, but it ends up just being cheesy and dumb. Uh-huh, you know, right. and and not genuine at all. Like right. set it up is one of those where it's like, mm. oh, we're trying to be cheesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like a brown cup. Or you get the <laughs> lifetime. Wink one huh? where it's like too conservative um, the lifetime oh style. well that's the whole other genre as <laughs> tv movie sure so but yeah set it up it's an example of that like self-aware we're trying to be cute but it's like mm. not cute mm. and what you need like in anything i think any media is just being genuine <laughs> you yeah. know like some sort of like genuineness that you can actually relate to the characters well they used some real conflicts here uh, especially in the family dynamics and i mean every rom-com pretty much has that it was this was on a very real and tangible level that i feel like everybody could relate to and it just it it reveled in its extravagance in the moments when it needed to but it was yeah but it made sure that that stayed with those characters yeah and that wasn't the full tone of the movie. Yeah, it's not like, I don't know, it's it's human. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it has, you connect with it. It's not just this like shallow Here's this, rom-com. to make it more legit, like usually when I go into a rom-com, I can tell within the opening credits that this is a rom-com. Yeah. I remember like it wasn't until probably an hour into the movie <laughs> that I was able to finally pinpoint these specific like rom-com parts yeah. where and I was like, oh, that's, that's what I'm watching. That's a great thing too. Like it had a, everything that a rom-com All has. the prerequisites. Yeah, yeah. It's like all of, even like the stereotypical part, like quote unquote, of rom-coms it had them but it did them in a way that it was like it felt real it felt like honest and Mm -hmm. it was good quality and i really liked that because i'm really happy we're doing something lighthearted. i feel like all these movies that have been coming out well i guess uh, eighth grade now all of them had humor actually but this like i had so much fun that it was like lighthearted, but Mm -hmm. it didn't have to be like stupid for it to be like lighthearted. right and i was happy to it's just the best to find good quality and lighthearted. It's pretty rare. It's true. Like eighth grade had that, but it was a little more indie and it had that tone, which is cool. And sorry to bother you had like political tones, but it had some humor. You know, it's like this one was just like lighthearted. It was feel good and it was good quality. We're going to get more into this, but <laughs> I part of me wonders if that's because of the generation that these directors are coming from because I could kind of trace those elements over the past few movies we've covered. Like you said, sorry to bother you or eighth grade. I mean, they have this air of non-seriousness in them that I think along with this movie too, that I think is becoming more and more 
characteristic of modern directors. I like that. I like I do that. too. It's, but also this is different from those movies in that it's less experimental. Those other two yeah. movies are a lot more experimental. And oh, because sure. of that, as a viewer, you're not sure what to expect. So you're mm-hmm. a lot more on your toes. And I like that. But I also like having something more straightforward that I'm just like kind of enjoying. You know, like it's more light to me mm-hmm. when you're not being experimental. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I wouldn't say is experimental at all. It's pretty like. That's, yeah. You know. It's a structured. It's structured. Three that's act. A, that's a great word. Classical. Yeah. Even though I kind of want to talk about how like this, it was kind of weird. The second conflict was kind of long, but whatever. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, do we have any, I mean, we have the no. basic uh, facts yeah. and figures. We should. We have some stats. Oh, uh, well, so. It, it, what be the stats? It won. Or won. It won? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it, it made money or it's like beyond its budget. Good. Which, mm, whatever. I mean, we don't know with marketing, but. Right, right. Generally. But didn't the did the opening weekend go above yeah. expectations? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They expected more like twenty million, and it was closer to like thirty million, like twenty eight, thirty. Nice. Million. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm just wondering how like the word of mouth got around in the PR because I was actually surprised at how full our theater was yeah. on a Thursday. Uh, was it Thursday night? Thursday night. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, and even like hyped. the people sitting next to me were these older white ladies, and yeah. I mean nothing, nothing against older white ladies, but they just weren't exactly <laughs> who I expected to see at this movie at a yeah. regular theater on a Thursday night watching this movie. So. Right? No, it's good. It's it's connecting. It looks lighthearted, and I'm glad because like I feel like once you get in, if if you you know like. If you're expecting, I don't know, once you get into it, you see they're like speaking English and stuff. And it's like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, that's something I want to talk about. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. And that's another thing. Disclaimer, we are not of Asian descent, so we can't really. I'm sure there's a lot of like inaccuracies in this. I'm sure if this was made about Mexico, I'd be like, oh, well, that person, you know, wouldn't, I, I don't know, you know, stuff like that. Well, yes. That being said, I think I've mentioned it on the air before that my step family is Chinese. Right. So I, I do have a little couple of anecdotes to share <laughs> from my personal life that at least one for sure that is accurate okay. that I'm excited to share. Well, I just mean for like people that are from Singapore and stuff that like right. know the culture. I'm sure there's a lot of it. I for mean, sure. I heard one from Twitter specifically. Mm-hmm. It's just like a simple thing, but... Or a I mean, are they, that, are, are they that crazy rich? Well, yes. <laughs> they sleep on airplanes? Of course. I mean, like, lay down yes. in a bed? I've never heard you of never... such a thing. Like, that's, Wait, let's That spoilers. takes up so much space. Spoilers. Oh. Okay, okay, well. Let's okay, move on so, to spoilers. No, oh, ow. But no, we have to. So, okay. Oh. What was its budget, though? 30. Million. Yeah. Okay, and cool. It was filmed in Malaysia, mostly. Some in Singapore. Right. And we had noticed at the end of the mm-hmm. credits how there was a big tax incentive. It said that they had gotten 30% revenue back. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. Incentives are a big deal mm-hmm. for cities that like. I'm just thinking especially like international countries. Right. So let's move on to spoilers. Oh, well, it made 53 million so far worldwide. So far. Worldwide. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm excited because it's only been out a couple of years. Yeah. So it's got a long way to go. Yeah. And not to mention the international revenue. That well, that's hopefully worldwide. Fits. But like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's definitely it's getting there. All right. Okay. So spoilers. Yeah.
Heidke Book Club, where we discuss movies and TV shows. Yes. Today we have a movie. Today we're discussing Crazy Rich Asians. And in the studio, I have my associate, Zeleni. <laughs> I can't. Is that how, what's his name? John, whatever. <laughs> no. NPR guy talks. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. I'm creating my own NPR personality. Okay, cool. <laughs> so there's a lot to talk about. There is. But uh, as I was saying, there's a lot. Uh, this is the thing. Like all of these minority my quote unquote ethnic groups have the same shit in all of them. Like <laughs> as in like all of our groups struggle with the same thing, same conflicts on the inside that white people are like not aware of, <laughs> but it's very similar. Like whenever so, same class and family issues. Well, Yeah. Like I can't speak for Chinese culture, which is what this movie's about, but I can speak for Mexican culture and it's like, the exact same thing depicted in the movie. Mm. So a lot of the times here, I think I'm going to speak from, from the Mexican perspective, cu- from the Mexican culture perspective. Cool. But like, just because I don't want to make assumptions because I don't know everything about sure. Chinese culture, but there's so many parallels. And I've had like South Asian friends, like Pakistani friends, same, same shit. Even within the black community, there's a lot of that. It's, it's, th- there's such big conflict in general with, the people that are from these foreign countries versus the Mexican-American, the Chinese-American, the African-American. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's always conflict. Like, I don't know. It's like the people, and it's it's usually the people from the country that are still in, in the other country, not in the U.S., feel like an element of, like, superiority or, like, you know frown upon the american values Mm -hmm. and all of these kinds of people value the same things like family religion and wealth and then even fair features like there's so many parallels in all of these countries Mm -hmm. it's the same shit like in mexico same thing we have like a lot less money than in asia but like the rich people pretend they have that much money you know like chinese people have dumplings we have empanadas and Indian people have samosas, you know. It's like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. all the same, even down to the big the pastries or the, the wrapping foods. wrapping stuff in <laughs> some sort of bread. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. And yeah, yeah, it's just like they look so down upon the people born here, mm-hmm. you know, that are American. It's like, oh, you're American. You don't belong here. I mean, a distinction that I tried to bring up with you in the theater, and I'm sure I'm going to come back to this in another point, is, I mean, it's a perspective that I've only come around to understand in the past year or two based on specific conversations that I've randomly had with uh, certain stu- oh, certain students on the University of Texas campus. But we talk, or I have learned that the American experience is for a lot of them a very singular experience that only they can uh, relate to in terms of their family in the sense that well, like there's this one specific case and it was a Indian American who, um, or I think she was just Indian and she had moved here to come to UT and she talked about how it was a very personal choice uh, um, on her own to make that choice. And it was not what her family wanted for her yeah. at all. And how she she talked about how that's 
there was another uh, Indian who I had had a similar conversation with about, I think the year prior talking about how it's a very American thing to make personal choices. Yeah. And they talk about that in the movie. Exactly. And I think that that's something that like I had when I was talking to Zeleni about it prior, I was just making it a very clear distinction between East and West. But I don't think it's so much that I think it's more like U.S. and, and Europe, probably some European, European Europe, countries. Like yeah. White Europe. Yeah. Like that's where they celebrate the individual. Yeah. And everywhere I, else. Yeah. Is like this family. This. Exactly. Trying. Family tradition and history. Yeah. Like it's all that. And. I I mean, if I was ever going to research and scholar this more, I would like to look actually into how media, especially the like literature over the past thousands of years have mm, created this sort of thinking. I specifically in how you have like the Greek hero and like the theme of the hero. And it's always been uh, the idea of this one person. Europe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To uh, that's always out for his own good. Right. And I just feel like there's a lot of power in how over so many generations that's created an entire society and economy that's based on that type of uh, thinking. And I think that this movie does a great job of placing that conflict right in the center of the protagonist, Rachel. For sure. Um, yeah, it's it's just so crazy how like everywhere else in the world, it's all about like your family has control like mm -hmm. and whoever the matriarch has ultimate control and like so mm -hmm. on and so on and it's just like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i don't i hate it's that. like if you make a choice for yourself that's the most selfish like, thing you can do yeah how dare you like my mom tells me like oh you don't want to have a baby like that's so selfish mm -hmm. it's like okay well i want to be <laughs> you know and yeah, it's just very much frowned upon. Yeah. It's something I just, as, you know, a white person here in America, it's something that I never gave any thought to. I well, just thought that the whole world really operated in this individualistic way. Um, and I was really naive like that for a very long time um, until something like at UT where I could be exposed to other yeah. perspectives. It's just white people. It, it And it sucks a lot for, or like those people that are, whatever, Chinese-American, Mexican-American, like myself, all of these people, or people that are born here even, or mm -hmm. a lot of people are, but are a different race. It's so such an identity crisis because the white people are like, oh, no, you know, you're Chinese, go back to China. And it's like, well, they don't want me there either. They're like, you're American, go back to America. <laughs> you know, it's like you have this identity crisis of like, where am I even from? You know? So it's so interesting you should say that identity crisis. Mm -hmm. um, I recently heard another talk and it just they posed a really interesting question to the person. And I can't remember what exactly the whole uh, specifics were. But basically, the interviewer asked them, do you think that you were building an identity or discovering an identity? And I just found that to be such a great question that is very applicable to people who are you know, from different descents, but then being raised in a yeah. place that's not where their blood is from. Yeah, it's it's so confusing for people like that. And I just see it a lot of people facing. And it's even worse, like when people don't speak the language yeah. of where they're from. I think that's the worst identity crisis people face because and they look non-white because if you, you're white passing, then whatever you pass. But mm -hmm. 
a lot of people aren't and it's just like oh it's so hard Mm -hmm. like just like where do i belong if both these groups are hating on me you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a mess even like people that like me like i'll go back to mexico and like i don't know people are scared of getting teased of like they don't speak spanish as good or you know it's like you've been americanized all that well, there was a lot of that in this movie that yes. I'm excited to jump into. Yes. So <laughs> I guess just to give everyone an understanding of what's about to go down is we're going to you Quickly. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna create a summary for the movie, but we're gonna use that as kind of the guiding discussion for uh, our talking points for the rest of the episode. But let's go very general. So like th- basically, this is turns out it's meet the parents. What? <laughs> it's basically Asian or Chinese meet the parents. Sure. Singaporean. And this guy and girl from New York, she's a professor, and he's like, we're going to go meet my parents in Singapore and go to my best friend's wedding. And so they go, and they end up in first class. And Cameron didn't know first class has beds. It does. I didn't. <laughs> no, I had no idea. For, like, these, like, long flights mm-hmm. overseas, you know, they're very long. So yeah, that's what... Rich people life looks like. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And well, it's just cool how this. Uh, so they get on the airplane, and I just liked how when she was shocked at the like that was her first sort of clue. Clue, right? As to what she's getting know. into. He's rich, so. I just liked how that how like the airplane served as that, and the airplane comes back yes, in the end, that's true. and you get these two totally different perspectives, which yeah. helps demonstrate the uh, conflict that she's experiencing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's um, kind of a slow burn too, mm-hmm. totally with her like figuring out the amount of wealth because at mm-hmm. first it just looks like oh he's rich or he says he's comfortable and that's totally something rich people say (laughs) and i I was like (gasps) like that's what they say right it is it's true (laughs) and i'm always like fuck you (laughs) i'm like poor as hell (laughs) but okay so it's not being wealthy it's being comfortable yeah yeah (laughs) so they meet up with their friends apparently a a thing is this street vendor place is like a known place like with all the yeah booths yeah they said the food isn't that good there uh, on twitter so that was a lie well <laughs> or like not that we should just be there we should go to find out for ourselves <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like they said in the movie they said it's like the best street food and yeah and they disagreed with that i don't know if it means like there's better street food yeah i guess maybe i would assume it might the tone to me felt a little bit like Maybe it's like the bougie overrated place. Like I, I was thinking, like the commercialized version. I would call it like for Austin, it's Torchies. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, Torchies are the best tacos. Yeah. You know, it's like well, no, there's right. a whole other country that invented tacos. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I mean, a couple of things that happened before that I just wanted to okay. touch on. Well, first off, so who's Eleanor? Eleanor is what's his name? Nick. Nick's mom. Nick's mother. Yeah. And w- her, the opening opening scene is with her sort of like getting racially profiled and then buying a hotel. Oh, yeah. And, and baby I kept Nick. trying to remember what the opening scene was. <laughs> oh, I loved that opening scene. Yeah, it was a good moment. It's really great because <laughs> it's, it's funny because, you know, you see the the mainly what you see are these white people behind a counter and at first i was like wait i thought this was supposed to be with all like asians yeah. and <laughs> i'm like there's already white people but then click it 
quickly you realize. I just that was a really great way to set up everything to yeah. show how there there's still racism and yeah. you can't escape it. But then But they have the power of money. Yeah. And you see their power. And the social respect of mm-hmm. the uh, clients in the hotel yeah. once they yeah right but yeah it's definitely that's an that's the thing i'm talking about like white people kind of see everyone sort of lumped together as one right. unified right people but it's like there's so much there's the same mess that we <laughs> face with white people is on the inside of all of these it's subgroups true. it's crazy well there were a couple other things remember how she finds out about the relationship yeah well the cheese my thing Right. Okay, okay. The cheese my thing is a great moment. Yeah. It reminds me of my group chats. Exactly. <laughs> but that's definitely like Mexican society, that same thing. Sneaking, I, sneaking a photo? Yeah. And then s- sending it around? On, it, for Mexico, it's on WhatsApp. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. And like the rest of the world. Yes. And that was a cool moment because it was relatable. Even just like my little group chats, you know. So I wanted to mention something about how they graphically displayed right. it. Right. I knew you were going to have controversy because you hate this shit, but I loved it. So <laughs> so I'll admit that it fit this movie. Okay. And, Good. And it was not an overuse of it. Mm-hmm. This was really the only moment in the movie yeah. that we saw it. It was early on and it was totally appropriate for conveying what was happening in the scene because I can't think of really any other practical way of being able to do it. Because it's like, that's the digital world. Yeah, other than just like quickly cutting, slide swiping into everybody checking on their phone. This did in a lot more efficient way. It was such a fun. Yeah. There was a lot to look at. It was fun. It was colorful. I loved it. Right. It, It really depicted what it was and it, all the chains and really like man the asian groups are huge and they're tight like at yeah. ut it's like uh, everyone oh you know yeah everyone knows each other wow like, i didn't know everyone and i get it i was in the hispanic <laughs> i feel group. bad i don't know anybody <laughs> <laughs> i know because white people are just this is so sad y'all I don't, i'm not in any group chats what is, what is with this? What is this? I'm like the epitome of isolation. Go find your white individual. people chat. Oh, I'm so sad. No, it's okay. Just find a hobby and then join their group chat. I guess. <laughs> but anyway, no, like. So, yeah, yeah, usually I'm very against those types of graphical overlays where yeah. it shows the text messages. He He's so um, shady. It's, yeah. It's annoying. And especially in a movie, <laughs> like Hollywood movie. But. Yeah. You know, it's 2018, and like I said... And it was well it done. This, yeah, it, was it was beautifully done. The That's graphic, another thing. Yeah, they, like, spliced it in with oh, the map was, and yeah, these was, beautiful, like, twirly oh, lines. It was so beautiful. It was very well done. So, like, that helps, I yeah, think. Yeah, it blew my mind. So, really good work, graphics team, Yeah. <laughs> on it. And, and, you know, I just want this to be on the record that it has legitimized that technique for me oh good now finally sh- <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because i've used that type of technique in still photos and 2d oh, uh-huh. things that i've made but uh i just have always felt it inappropriate for yeah 3d he or does. For he's live action about it. yeah but uh i don't know it's making me realize i should maybe come around and yeah. that it's uh come to not the modern the end of the world. <laughs> yeah because i mean these text messagings and all things are I loved it they're oh. kind of and it was hilarious it was just hilarious like and it was it's hilarious how they 
it's a long kind of sequence and then they come back and it's literally been like a minute later right like to the cafe you think oh maybe this has been a few days and it's like no it's literally like a few minutes <laughs> i love that it's real so so lastly on this is what i wanted to point out i guess was and it's coming back to this contradiction of eleanor in how she finds out about it while they're doing a bible study yeah. <laughs> why are they studying the christian bible because religion helps keep these structures in line i feel like i think in general religion helps like keep these rules mm-hmm. as they are like no sex and you know like mm. behave and That's a good point. like look respectable all right. these things are very in line with like having a good image family image you know got it well cool so uh after they arrive in singapore and they have dinner with the engaged couple yeah Right? At the street. This yeah. is the overrated street food. Yeah. Then they get invited to the grandmother's house. Well, yeah. So the next day is like the the dinner where she's meeting the parents. Right. Or the family. And. Is it the grandmother's birthday? No, I think it's just like to meet. It's supposed to be just be a dinner to meet the family. But it turns out it's just a big party and mm-hmm. the flowers and bloom. Mm. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And then before that, she decides to go visit her friend. Yeah, that she had in Singapore. Yeah. Well, no, that she had in New York oh. in college. Right, right, right. And now this girl is back with her parents. Yeah. And she's played by Aquafina. Aquafina. Yeah. Who's a rapper and oh. comedian. Oh. So where have I seen her? <laughs> well, she was in the Ocean's 8 movie. I haven't seen her there, though. Yeah, you have. You've seen her name there. <laughs> Maybe in the trailer. But I feel like I've seen her somewhere else, too, wearing, like, a jumpsuit. No. Maybe she was in a music video that... I don't know, honestly, but she's she was really good in this. She was she w- hilarious. She was great. Oh, what, I did, loved her. Did she have, like, a, a cowboy accent, or is that her, like, normal accent? I think that's just her accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because like it, it I, I felt like at least in, in the beginning, it didn't not so much later on, but I felt like she had a very like U.S. Southern accent. I think she was just quirky. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. She's from New York. Cool. Like the real girl. I Aquafina. see. And she was. She, she gives me that vibe. She. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, she was in the movie, too. Or like that's where she studied. Yeah. And she was awesome. I mean. Yeah. She's it, so cool. It was so cool. Like they're rich too, but she's like funny. And then her dad is Ken Jung, who's from The Hangover. Remember the dad was like really oh, goofy. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 for sure. Him. I forgot his name in the movie, but. Yeah, I did too. Ken. <laughs> it was funny because like for being like, I feel like he's more of a kind of like a-list type of actor right, right, right. in America. And so well, I was expecting him to have a little few more scenes than he I did, think he but he just, was. Hardly included. What happened is he like just put himself in like he just wanted to be part of it somehow. Barely. Like that's what he said. He was just like, I just want to be in it. And like all his scenes took like a week or so. Right. Just to do. And then I don't think that I I don't know if he couldn't or he didn't fit any of the roles or whatever. He just wanted to be part of it in a small way. Yeah, it was good. This is an important moment because it's the exposition of like what actually the the the, the party. boyfriend's the boyfriend's family is all about yeah this is the end of act 1 yeah and she has the what did Sorry. we decide to call it like the 
the name callback or the title callback or like she has the title line. Oh, wait, who does? Piglin. Oh, she does. Yeah, she she's says, like these are crazy rich Asians. Well, she says they're not rich; they're crazy rich. Oh, and right, that's like right. the the callback during back. the um, closet scene. Yeah. yeah. So that was like cool moment. She got yeah. the the callback, which yeah. is fun. <laughs> and yeah, that's where we find out. Oh, he's like one of the richest families. Mm-hmm. The old money, the all that. Like, it's not just a thing to be rich. Like, it's yeah, a thing to be crazy rich. Because, like, her friend, is Picklin, is rich. Right. But, like, you know. Right. They're not on that level. I mean, it's... They're like royalty. It's like when you have a royal lineage that right. has some sort of, like, political influence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's insane. Yeah. And that's so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for her. For Rachel. So, she dresses her in something more appropriate. <laughs> And they go to this, and she invites her. Thank God. I'm so glad she came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go, and they find out it's like a big party. Yeah. Instead of just a dinner. Right. It's like party with high society all there and stuff. With the jazz band. Very great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah. I see that. And she meets Oliver, who's another great like ally to her. I think her only main allies, I guess peer allies, are... Picklin and Oliver. Mm-hmm. He's the gay guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, was, is he confirmed gay? Girl. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Just because he's a fashion designer doesn't make him gay. Well, not. He's not. He's not a fashion designer. How do you know? He's a stylist. Partly, but he gets other things, too. Mm-hmm. There's a quick little anecdote that I found in my research. I don't know if you found it, but did you know that John Chu was actually he was selected to direct The Great Gatsby? No. Yeah, uh, apparent like he selected. was he was on board the project for the Great Gatsby reboot, but that was with I can't remember. It was with a different production company that ended oh, up uh-huh. scrapping their plans for it, and Got then it. the one that actually produced it picked it up and made a whole new plan with it. It was the guy from Moulin Rouge. Mm. Got I forgot it. his name. Yeah, <laughs> it was a whole thing though. So apparently he was in the works, like he was planning to be the director mm-hmm. for it, but then those plans fell through hmm. with the studio and then someone right, else picked right. it up. Crazy. Well, anyway, John Chu should have directed The Great Gatsby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I liked it, but I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't think it stands up. This is not the podcast for that. Sorry. So we have the party. I mean, important things happen. She sort of senses the, like... A little bit of animosity from Eleanor for the first time. Like, she meets her and she sort of makes a few condescending comments. And everyone knows she's, like, from a single mother, which is, like, so taboo, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, like, uh, bullshit. But the grandma kind of likes her, so it's, like, okay. She has some credibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the grandma's, like, the matriarch, you know? Right, Like like what she says goes. Right. So, oh, and I like how the, it, that gets called back in the dumpling scene. How like it shows the grandmother's oh, control she, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, get she to has that. all the control. It. Yeah. So after this party, we we have I think it's like the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Yeah. And they sort Bernard. of Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard was one of my other favorite characters. Really? Well, Ugh. yeah, because he's like he's crazy, <laughs> outlandish, and. Ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he I, shoots a bazooka out into. <laughs> I love that shot where you think it's going to like become a firework, but then it just falls oh. into the, <laughs> the ocean. Yeah. I really, I mean, so we haven't really talked about her, but there's a whole side subplot, subplot with Astrid. Right. Um, and was it Michael? Michael, yeah. yeah. And that's her husband. Right. And she's one of the. I, which I say she just fuck like leave nick to go to new york and she should take over all the family shit like she clearly has like the business sense the business gene or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right but she's a woman probably but this is kind of like her journey and it's uh more like sort of the feminist storyline which is a cool addition to a rom-com i feel like we don't usually get a subplot like this it's right more intricate and I think it also shows how masculinity kind of works oh, in yeah. Oh, yeah. that society. Well, and no. In, or just like in, in general, our right? Society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like no matter the status or intelligence of the man, he's always has to feel superior mm-hmm. and like or else. And he, it's always the woman's like role to. Yeah. To make him feel like, oh, you're my hero you know to be submissive yeah (laughs) yeah it's like and she she like hides her stuff and oh right that's so sad he even tries to guilt her into being like this is your fault right oh it's a mess reminds us of eighth grade right right it's very toxic masculinity yes definitions yes it's it's sad but it's so real nowadays domestic abuse always well that wasn't i guess it wasn't abuse but it was like definitely toxic masculinity and misogynistic Mm -hmm. so at this bachelorette party rachel gets kind of like uh snaked (laughs) the bachelorette is like crazy and wild and she's just like screaming the whole time not unaware of anything but all the other girls are kind of snakes and nick's ex is the biggest amanda is the biggest snake because she like pretends to be her friend and then it's like oh you suck, and I used to date him. So. And I was like, I, I should have. <laughs> like, his mom wanted me to marry him. Yeah, and it's like, oh, awkward. Yeah. And so I wrote that down as like the first turning point in the yeah. movie where we finally hit our first low point for Eleanor. Or sorry, not, sorry not Eleanor, for Rachel. And for what was so far a pretty, you know, easygoing movie with no conflict yet, that was like the first yeah. official conflict now. Yeah, it was sad. And then it gets like amplified with that nasty ass fish yeah. and message very like serial killer i had kind of anticipated that based on the prior scene i was like it feels like this is there's going to be some sort of retaliation from the friends that are going to try to be like you don't belong here that's just fucked it it's is nasty and it's messed up how they use like a giant fish because that's very much an asian type of food it's very common. It's just like it's probably just what was around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're by the beach, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and also we see like sort of the alliance with Astrid, and she's kind of the most normal of the mm-hmm. family. Even though I feel like we're misled a little bit by when we see her like shopping, but right. then we really see like, oh, she's normal. She's just hiding it because her husband feels like a coward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. She's not hiding it because she's like trying to pretend to everyone she's mm-hmm. humble she's just trying to pretend to the guy but anyway serial killer letters <laughs> it was <laughs> it was creepy as hell it was and it's nice that astrid helps her out and has like a heart to heart and i guess tells 
she hadn't really told anyone about the affair, which she had found out at the party. She tells Rachel about it, and I don't think she... I mean, to our knowledge, she hadn't told anyone else. Well, was it because she had, like accidentally picked up the phone? Yeah, but in the fish-bearing scene, she, she tells Rachel about yeah, it. Because right. Rachel's like, oh, your life is perfect. Because right, you exactly. have a peasant boyfriend right. or husband. Yeah. But... It's like, no, actually. Yeah, no, actually. <laughs> we <does>. have <laughs> our own problems. Yeah. So, I more mean. More money, more problems. <laughs> so, it's a good alliance. At least someone in the family is on her side, mm-hmm. you know? Because the other two, Picklin and Oliver, or actually, Oliver is a cousin, mm-hmm. but Picklin is not. So, they're more distanced and not really part of the immediate sort of family, but Astrid's yeah. a little more. I found, in it, there. I found it as a good subplot in demonstrating what the problems are that wealthy people have to experience. Yeah. Um, well, there's so and much how like these are not responsibility. Yeah. And how the issues of like cheating and, you know, excessive spending and all those are not problems isolated just to other groups and people. Right. Yeah. No, of course they have their own problems and I feel like they have a lot of, especially in cultures like this, not American they have a lot of pressure from the time they're born to like continue the mm-hmm. empires and mm-hmm. whatnot. So it's like, that's a lot of pressure for someone mm-hmm. unless you're like new money, then you made yourself, but a lot of people are born into it mm-hmm. and that's kind of tough in many ways. So the next, do we have the part where Nick goes? Well, he's, he's doing his own thing. They ditched the crazy party. And right. And he, the important part of that is that he reveals he wants to propose to Rachel, <gasps> which is an important revelation. Right. Yeah. It's a major. It, yeah. it, sh- it gives us an end point. That he's serious. Right. There's like big <laughs> goal now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's serious. <laughs> um, it really, yeah. It's a scene that I really liked this scene. Um, and I liked because it helps to kind of put a button on everything so far in the movie but then push us into what the next steps are like what the next goal is for him uh because the first you know goal was for nick was to introduce rachel to his family and all of that and now it's like okay well my new goal is to propose to her but in order to achieve that goal like there are all these other obstacles i'm gonna have to get through now like getting eleanor's acceptance and pretty much having to abandon all of the plans that my family had for me. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a to mess. Do it. Yeah. And, and that's where the, you know, the major distinctions between like staying in America versus this side of the world. Yeah. Develop. And so then we're coming up to the wedding and well, he like comforts her about the fish thing and whatever. I really like the color in that scene <laughs> in the, in the yeah, like water in scene. When he's saying the proposal plans, when he when when they're on the dock talking about uh the proposal plans, I just wanted to mention I really liked the color. The colors are just brown. They're outside. No, but like it well, it was like a really good scene landscape scenery type shot. The color, you like that shit. (laughs) I'm just saying I know color correction is a thing. They did a really great job. (laughs) Okay. The colors really anyway. Good. So he comforts her, and she's like, "Okay, yeah, that sucks, whatever." And then she's talking to Piglin, and she's like, "I, I don't, I don't think I should go to the wedding because it's awkward, mm-hmm. right?" She like decides not to go, 
But then Piglin is like, no, you should go and, you know, not be a coward and mm-hmm. show up. And we have the classic, yay, makeover scene, which Wait, is like... Wait, you skipped some. What? What did I skip? You skipped the dumpling scene. Oh, fuck. Is that somewhere in there? <laughs> it's before this. Oh. Because she has to oh, learn yeah. about the ring. Right, right, right. Okay. So Sorry, can right, we backtrack right, a little bit? Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, why was she so I have going? my bullet points in order here. Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> so the dumpling scene. So, yeah. We so have to get, this is the midpoint reversal to me. Listen, yeah, you're right. What he says at the when he's comforting her, he's like, you can do whatever you want, but right now we're gonna, we have to go make dumplings first, and then we can do whatever. Right. The dumpling scene, which is important because it's very, very uh, crucial. we get the outright, like, Eleanor... First, like, insinuating things at the table, but then mm-hmm. later, outright, straightforward, like, you're never, you'll never be good enough, or yeah. whatever the fuck. <laughs> well, so, I just, I loved how these, like, kind of three scenes worked as a sequence. Yeah. They do a really great job of showing kind of who Eleanor really is. Yeah. Like, what she's really thinking, and also kind of give i guess putting rachel in this ultimatum type of position where she's got to figure out if she wants to stay or go well yeah because we learn about how eleanor's ring was made for her by the husband and the reason was because her husband's mom the grandma didn't want to give eleanor the family the permission to yeah. Mary. So we see like, oh, parallels. You're yeah. going to be a bitch even though someone was a bitch to you. That's right. rude. That's exactly. even more rude, you know, because exactly. you know how it feels. So something that really stood out to me was obviously. So and this is the part where I want to mention my anecdote okay. uh, with oh, the dumplings right. with Chinese families. Right. Because I love this dumpling making scene because everything they t- they say in the movie about making dumplings is true based on <laughs> what my Chinese step family told me when I learned how to make dumplings <laughs> for New Year's Eve two years ago. Um, I was in Houston visiting and it was like my first year in Regular college. Regular New Year's or Chinese New Year's? Regular New Year's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're learning dumplings. Yeah. I love <laughs> making dumplings, by the way. We should make some. But um, okay. and, and I'm not even going to get into how Austin calls them though? pot stickers. Huh? Don't they don't they have meat, though? Not always. Oh, okay. No. The, it, I, I mean, it's like meat. a taco. That's the beautiful thing about a okay, dumpling. Go, 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 it's go. about what you put in it. I just thought it usually had red meat. No, oh. no, no. You oh, can okay. you can make it with whatever. Okay. I haven't um, had many dumplings. Honestly. It was crazy. They literally. Oh, really? I love samosas, though. Samosas oh, are my favorite of like the this genre. Yeah, <laughs> you would. I like the fillings the most because in, sure. in in Mexico it's like jelly and shit. I hate that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. You would love dumplings. I mean, we made four different kinds this night when mm-hmm. we made them. But I swear we made like so somewhere between two hundred and four hundred dumplings. Oh, nice. Like we made a butt ton and. <laughs> I remember setting up my phone on time lapse because I wanted to like do that. Oh, uh-huh. um, <laughs> but anyway, so it was a whole thing to have to learn how to make them because they're not as easy as it they look. Well, I've made empanadas. Sure. So, you know, right? Yeah. Like there's it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes like some skill. But once you learn what the basic techniques are, um, it becomes like kind of a machine and you just do it. Right. But you have to do them by hand. <laughs> right. And there's and so they talked about when I was making them like that's what you like. You basically have to talk because it's a very long, laborious process yeah. of people w- sitting around a table making them. And so 
they my my stepmom and her brother were telling me the tradition of creating dumplings and how that's what that's what you do that's how most chinese families make it uh, especially just those that don't have income like those that are um I mean that that's kind of like the story of a lot of Chinese peoples is that they just you know they the only thing they can make is dumplings right yeah because it's the cheapest thing to make in bulk yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so it was I just mean really that's the same thing tacos are for us right you know tacos in Mexico are like cheap poor people food you yeah. know it's like here they're like oh five dollars <laughs> and it's and it's it it is very symbolic of the like struggles that you have to go through in order to get to the level of this wealth that they have. Mm -hmm. Right. And appreciating the diligent process that it is and the teamwork aspect, like a family getting around to make this, um, there's, so it's very true. This scene was very accurate in terms of how it's steeped in tradition. And well, I think it's interesting how they're like super rich and bougie, but like they still have to hold on. And that's so true. Like, you know, I feel like rich families, like their grandma will always be like, Oh, my famous whatever dish you know yeah, no yeah. matter how rich they are and like they have like a bajillion maids that do it for them but right. like they're still like oh my this my, is my dish signature. yeah <laughs> my dish it's like okay <laughs> right you don't do anything <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah that's what i want to conclude on is how the grandmother comes in to the table mm-hmm. in the very end of this dumpling scene and she looks over at Eleanor's dumplings oh, after yeah. <laughs> Eleanor has just been ripping on uh, Rachel about all of this, you know, you're not a real, you know. Yeah, Singaporean yeah, or a, Chinese person. Yeah, and how the grandmother's like, oh, those look sloppy. You've lost your touch. And it's just like, ooh, like, you know, that that just rang true to me and i just loved how like one little comment that she made can totally shift the relationship dynamic and also it spurs the choice i think for eleanor to follow rachel mm-hmm. to go and say what she says to yeah, her yeah which is crazy it is like she tells her the truth about her background yeah but then she also uses that to justify why rachel will never be enough yeah which does she's come too back to yeah. passion exactly or too selfish whatever yeah so that's the midpoint reversal it's like the middle of the movie for me and Um, from there we go to this other scene i was talking about where she doesn't want to go to the wedding but piglin tells her no suck it up and we get the makeover montage this is like classic (laughs) rom-com montage yes and i love it yes and i'm glad they didn't put her in like see this is the thing like american or stupid rom-coms they'll put them in like a cupcake suit or something you know something like so <laughs> stupid it's like bullshit like costumes like that make no sense to like <laughs> what's actually happening but these were like normal dresses and they all looked good like usually yeah. they're, they're like something super ugly you know <laughs> to laugh at Ugh, so dumb but this was like nice they were all really pretty i liked all the dresses mm-hmm. you know and it was fun so she gets to the wedding and she's like, oh, I'm beautiful now and glamorous, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and with a really pretty dress by Marquesa, I learned. And they weren't expecting her to come, right? Because they thought that they had like talked her out of yeah. it. They had, you know, after p- throwing a fish in her bed and telling her she's not good enough. Right. But she shows up looking more beautiful than everyone. 
So exactly. she's like. Well, I guess this is an important shift in her character because yeah. before she was going to just stay silent, suck it up, and not show any signs of being affected by it because it's like that's what they want, right? Yeah. And so she was going to stay silent. Then eventually she was about to give in, but then her friend talks her out of it. And yeah. then even more so, her friend says, you need to go over there and be you. You need to be that NYU oh, right, right, doctor right. that rub, rub that PhD all up in their face. Basically, and yeah. Like show them who's boss. And uh, that's what makes Piglin so level. So level. But yeah, so that's a great, yeah, her character sort of turns and she's confident, which is, I think, listen, I don't know if you agree. To me, that almost felt like the first conflict, like of the climax. I know it's like too early. Which one did? Like this of her not going, going, and the whole wedding felt like a conflict. And then. It was. Yes. The second conflict was the grandma and the mom ambition. Yes. Yeah. So, but like. I agree. No, I know it totally is. Okay. And right? then. Because they resolve that one conflict as soon as they introduce the, the second one with the grandmother. Right. Mm-hmm. So. It's like she makes it to the wedding. Yeah. She does make that goal. Right. Yeah. Because we talk a lot about like the having the first in the climax, having the first conflict and then like a bigger scarier second conflict at right after it but i feel like this was a little more spaced out yeah and like the conflict was the first one was pretty early and then the second conflict came and then it was like a long time until like it the was. resolution it really was so it was a little different in structure i appreciate that mm-hmm. uh but anyway the wedding scene i mean it was super beautiful moment it was it was like oh and we had this like yeah. Overload beauty, you know, and like the water. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so extra. It really. Well, <laughs> when you spend 40 million dollars, right. you can have an irrigated water <laughs> walkway. Oh, uh, yeah. And like her legs and she was like barefoot. Yeah. The bride. Oh, it was like. Is that what you want? Yes. <laughs> now I do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I want to put coals down. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> walk on these coals. That's how, how I know you, you love me. <laughs> how dare you? No. So it was really beautiful. They have these cutbacks between Rachel and Nick. Yeah, those are really looking sweet. at each other, saying "I love you." I mean, that felt like some sort of resolution to me. Mm-hmm. To like them, like that, falling in love again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like that's the end. I think of that first conflict. Yeah, it's. I love the song. Can't help falling in love with you. Wait, can't help falling in love. Wait, what? You hate that song? No, 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 no. But I have a but now. Why? So why are you a hater? I'm not a hater, but I'm just starting to pick up on some trends. That song? Yes. It's in every movie already. In the wedding scene? No. Just like somewhere. It's been in a lot of movies. It's not that big a deal. No, no. I, I mean, it's an old song, right? It's Elvis, yeah. right? Was he the first one? Mm-hmm. That's the version I know. But like, what I'm confused about the song, I, w- <laughs> I really want to learn more, is I think, I don't know if there was originally a recorded version. I think that the version that like became like recorded and released was a live version. Yeah. Well, I know the, I feel like I know the real version, the Elvis one. Yeah. No, it's, no but that's what I'm saying. Like the Elvis version was a live recording. So it's just interesting to me that it wasn't a studio version. It was a, it was a live long recording. time ago. Yeah. Times were different. Like it was the 70s. 50s. Oh, no. <laughs> Whenever it was. No, this is. 
So Elvis has phases. Whatever. You should know. Regardless. <laughs> I, I um, love Elvis. Yes. But anyway, this so is a beautiful cover. Hold up. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful cover. No, it was a beautiful <laughs> cover. Well, my point is that... So I work at a music school here in Austin. Oh, my And God. over the summer, they had a student there who was getting married in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And... She spent she, the whole reason she came to the our music school to get private singing lessons was to learn how to sing the song. I don't know if it, she learned it in Spanish or English, but I know she could speak Spanish. Anyway, um, Brazil speaks Portuguese. The point was that she <laughs> was coming there to learn this song as a surprise for her husband at the wedding. And when I heard this song being covered at this wedding in this movie, it sort of like demonstrated to me, oh, I can see now this movie creating like a very in soon in the next few years, a cliched trend of singing this song at weddings. Even I mean, though it was like a perfect I'm, song I'm to do fine it. with it. And it was so cute. And I think it was also like my parents song. Mm. Like this, this song is like the eternal sunshine of... <laughs> Favorite song. It is. <laughs> or that's, that's the point I was trying to make. Of people's songs. It's not that big a deal. But it was beautifully used with the visuals were like iconic. Yeah. And, and it was a beautiful cover. Yeah. Oh, that scene was just like, oh, beauty, you know? Yeah. I loved it. Okay. So that pretty much wraps up like. That conflict. Yeah. Of her kind of second guessing things. But she comes in. Oh, and she talks to the princess who the actress who plays the princess is actually a very important filipino person she's a talk show host now but she was also like the son of a former president i think i'm sorry if i'm wrong and the sister of like another president i don't know something like that she's very like related to filipino important people and she's very well known Hmm. it seems it was it, it was like a cameo mm-hmm. this was the princess she talks to and then also that's a cool moment of her like showing off that she's like a cultured and intellectual mm-hmm. you know and to everyone else because she she plays this princess that's like super high regarded mm. remember mm-hmm. so yeah you know, like, so eleanor has that look because like well like so it just goes into why i liked the editing and the shot choices of the scene because it really does a good job of the cutting back between eleanor's perspective and rachel and nick's because yeah. eleanor is kind of spying secretly yeah. on rachel and that comes back all the way to the very last like two shots of the movie and it shows sort of this the just the distance it demonstrates the distance that Rachel and Eleanor will probably always have and that struggle for acceptance. So that's part of what I liked about that scene. Yeah. So then we have the reception. It's fun party time. Oh you know, yeah. it's extravagant. But I just need to move on to the ambush. So yeah, they got the... So while they're having a big party and everything, right. they get invited to come talk to the grandma. Right. And then... The grandma seems like she's about to accept her and then twist. She hates her now because she's a bastard. 
basically. <laughs> Somebody that's, dug up some dirt. That's a big summary. Somebody hired a private investigator. Right. Which we never hear anything about at all. Which is so it's cool. Like it's like a twist. It's no, honestly. it is. It's really great. Well, what I like that's different from a lot of other movies is that in a lot of other movies we would have known about that private investigator yeah. at some point, right? Yeah. Early on, we would have known that they were digging up dirt. Yeah, yeah. But they don't give any signs of they, it they at all. They did mention it, like in the Bible study, like right at the beginning when they get the news. One of the friends is like, I know a private investigator. Oh, really? Then that's it. You never hear oh. about it again. And, and and but the Eleanor says like, no, no, don't worry about it. He oh. dates a lot of women. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, wow. that's our only clue. What but a there's keen no observation. There's no way to like think that they went through with it because she had said no. So. But that, that's a great example of a small yeah. line in the script that means something mm -hmm. it's like they didn't just put that in there for yeah. a, a joke right exactly i enjoy like how it's like predictable in some rom-com ways but really like it has its twist it's, it's not like oh mm -hmm. literally from two seconds into it i know everything that's gonna happen which is like every other rom-com mm -hmm. <laughs> or most of the cheesy ones i've seen yeah but this is a good twist. Yeah. But yeah, so the grandma is suddenly the villain. We thought she was the good guy. And then, and she's vicious. We see her vicious side. We do. Because we hadn't seen it yet. We do. Because we've seen oh, Eleanor's I, vicious side. I had a feeling it was coming <laughs> <laughs> in some form or another. Yeah. So she was vicious. Yeah. And they tell her bad. They, they were like, how dare you? You're never mm, our family. We can't be associated with bastard, basically. No, they never use the word bastard. And I was like, I was waiting for it. Like, this is what this is. But whatever. And <laughs> and then she runs away. And he tries to follow her. And it was a really cool, like, how it was shot. Like, it's very realistic of, like, party madness. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Especially since I'm anxious at parties. Like, Was it slow? Were they slow-mo shots? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of slow-mo and, like, weird. Like, I feel like when it comes to the late part of a party... And you're like running around because something more serious or you're trying to leave or something. And you look around and there's weird shit happening, happening everywhere. You well, look. and another part of that that you don't have as much experience with is like alcohol <laughs> being like really drunk. It's just like at that point in the party, like everybody is wasted. Well, yeah, and so I, well, it's I have just plenty of experience seeing that. Seeing it, for sure. <laughs> just not feeling it, but seeing it. Like there's it. this one cool. So the other part that happens in this sequence that we haven't touched on is how I can't remember what her name is. Was it? Who is she? I can't remember what her name is, but who ends up, uh, the girl that ends up, uh, getting hooked up to, with Bernard. Kitty. Kitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Kitty and Bernard end up getting suggested to like talk or whatever. And then they do this quick flash of like showing, bernard and her like with their pants down yeah. like trying to yeah and it's just it, i think like it's just a good sign of what you're talking about this like debauchery yeah, and madness like happening at everywhere. the end of the party but not just that there was a lot of going on oh there was yeah, 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 yeah a lot of flashes of weird stuff clearly the 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 point is nick and rachel are getting torn apart here yes and it's a very and emotionally yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah and then it kind of goes on longer than a lot of rom-coms do. Yeah. But it provides good development because she's basically in mad depression. Bella from New Moon well, so style. Right. 
Twilight. Well, <laughs> so what happens is they dig up the dirt about her past. Well, about we already, her. We did you mention went, it? We went over that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So she's depressed at Picklin's house. She's well, so staying there. We'll get to it no, when no, the no, mom but comes. I'm just, well, I'm just trying to figure out because I didn't know. Like, did Rachel actually know her family's no. past? Or was she lying? She didn't know. Yeah. So it wasn't like she was deliberately not right. trying to tell the truth. Right. And that's, she what didn't know. She, that's what he was saying. That's what she was saying. But they yeah. were like, we don't care. Whatever. But Nick walks away from the grandma. Well, anyway, she's depressed at Piglin's house and she won't eat. And it w- that was sad. <sighs> that made me cry a little bit. Yeah. For sure. Well, there was this. It did. And that was the part that brought me to tears. Yeah. Right. It's so sad. Um, I didn't cry that much, but yeah. Yeah, I teared up. I yeah. didn't cry like. I, yeah, didn't I got get, watery. I didn't get a tear, but I got right. a little teared, watery. Teared up. Yeah. It was sad. There was this very cool match cut. Did you see it in this part? Specifics. So she's lying down. Like the first shot that we get is of her lying down on the like bed rest yeah. bench, squished up in it. And I think that that's a cool symbolism of showing how like just like how she's feeling because she feels very isolated and all that and compact, constricted by these things so she chose not to sleep in the bed but anyway so there's this profile shot of her laying down sideways um on that and then um there's a mat uh, in the first instance and there's a match cut to her laying down in the bed but in that same position profile position and it's like that was the first shot was daytime and then the second shot was nighttime and then it just shows kind of like how a lot of time has gone by, but her emotion has not changed. Right. Um, so it was a cool editing technique that I liked. Yeah. I to point yeah. Out. I mean, it seems like a, a couple of days pass and she's not eating and they're trying to help her. I mean, it was really sweet. Like the family like loves her so much. Yeah. I mean, cause there's a history with pick her helping Picklin back in New York, I guess. Yeah. Which is cool. But then a surprise guest arrives, which <gasps> is a surprise, uh, her mom. What? And it's like, what? Uh, that almost made me cry, too. I was like, oh, how, how could they bring the bomb? Yeah. <laughs> and of all the people, like, I feel like that's the only person that she would have gotten right. out of bed for. Exactly. Which is perfect. And I mean, they, they sort of talk about it finally, like, because mm-hmm. the mom hadn't talked to her about this dirt, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and that. The mom's husband had been like abusive, you know. Right. That's what I had meant when I said domestic abuse. Oh, okay. I had mixed up my got references. It, it. Sorry. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, that she would run away. I mean, it's good she made it and everything. And it's just a sad backstory. And it makes sense why she would lie to her. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like my mom would definitely lie because she's kind of a liar like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. And... They clear the air, but then she finds out who brought the mom. Oh, it was Nick. Oh, yeah. He's, he's still trying to get in touch, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. Before you go to New York, I just think you should go over and talk to him. Yes. And that's how it always is, though. Like, you should go talk to him. Right. <laughs> it is. It's like cliche, but it has so <laughs> many. It's good. Why is it good? Okay. And then he proposes and she's like, no, <gasps> because your family. Mm. bullshit and she walks away and okay side side plot we have also astrid sort of resolution Mm -hmm. and she has her famous moment and i want to introduce a new segment 
a new segment. A new segment. How could you throw this on everyone, including me? <laughs> Quote of the episode. Uh, oh. <laughs> In honor of Astrid. Okay. Providing the best quote ever. It's not my job to make you feel like a man. I can't make you something you're not. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. So <laughs> that's quote of the episode. Dang. Uh, goes to Astrid and she says it to Michael when she leaves him. And she's like, oh, I don't care. I have like a bajillion apartment. So bye. And nah. <laughs> now I'm I don't know where I'll move. Maybe like one of the 16 apartment <laughs> buildings I own. Yeah. It's like now I'm in control. I control when you see the kid. I everything Damn. so it's like she takes her power which she had all along right and is done with like trying to make him feel good about himself that's his own fault i mean gosh it was so fucked up yeah. how he didn't like like she's like it's your son's birthday yeah and he was just like sorry i got plans i got business plans yeah and it's like, like are you kidding he's me? Just having an affair yeah and he just is has his manhood all like his panties in a twist, you know. I mean, not only was this guy <laughs> a bad partner, bad husband, bad he was dad. a bad father. Yeah. And she gets her little moment at the end with Harry Shum Jr., which I realized, like, because I, I looked it up, I was like, why is he the second build name? You know the guy from the credits mm-hmm. that she looks at? Astrid? Yeah. He is, the, like, the second or third name that shows up. Well, I would imagine that he he's going to be a big thing in the future sequels. Well, yeah, but like, why would his name have to be? And we talked about this with Pose and how like the uh-huh. white guys first. But so why was it? Well, well no reason. Oh, <laughs> he's kind of famous. He's from Glee. He has a lot of fans, but hmm. like he was literally two seconds. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a feeling that they're going to no, be a big deal in the he sequel. He definitely is. He yeah. he actually is a character. He's playing a character that's her ex-fiance. So uh, like, I'm, I'm sure they get together or something. But yeah. it's just weird that why would in this movie he right. be billed so far up. Makes no sense. Anyway. Contract. Right. I thought that. And anyway, but let's move back to our main plot. Mm-hmm. That's, that was just a good quote, a good moment. For so me. are we going to get to the, the Mahjong parlor? Yeah, so that's important. Scene. That's an important scene where kind of the tables turn. And yeah. She uses her original. She teaches a lot of this game theory or whatever right. in her classes. And well, OK, so I didn't realize till I read it and maybe you didn't either. I don't know because I don't know how Mahjong, Mahjong works. Neither do I. But I thought she had one in the end. Apparently she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> she she could have won. Oh yeah, she she could have won, yeah. but she gave up the piece that made Eleanor win. I made a note that it's symbolic of it her is. sacrifice. It's definitely like very directly symbolizing yeah. that. It's, yeah, it makes sense now right. that I just thought she won and she schooled her. <laughs> That's what I thought too. That's I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> she won. Cool. They didn't make that so clear for. A Western audience. Yeah, I don't mind. But I'm it's, like, yeah. cool. That's like more. I think the effect is there and that's what matters. Yeah. And also like. Like what you need. You learn like, what you need it's to. It's like you get a prize for knowing more, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to understand. With yeah. That, I don't like them having to like explain it. You know. It's exactly. Like, I'm, we I'm didn't o- need to know that for yeah. the purposes of the movie. I'm okay with like just gathering from context. For sure. So. And if anything, it increases the appeal of wanting to learn more about that true. game. Yeah. It looked hard. <laughs> I know. I I thought it was just dominoes, but <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, that's the southern like, in me. No, yeah, I don't know. 
So that's an important scene where she basically is like, well, I gave up on him for you. And yeah. just know it was all because of me. Whatever. There's and some good parallels in this movie. Yes. And then finally, I don't know. So it takes us to the chase scene, to the running scene. Well, no. Scene. It, turn, it goes to Eleanor going to talk to Nick. Right, which right. Which is important. Just a little moment. And then to the plane. Yeah. The big contrast between coach yeah. and first class. Definitely. And the chase, which is iconic in rom-coms to right. have a... Right. Plane airport chase. Yeah. Oh, iconic as hell. But this was like genuine. I like, yeah. oh, okay. Anyway, she got off the plane. You know, <laughs> that's an important <laughs> reference. If you know, you know. Yeah. You don't. But it's I've okay. listened to your American Life enough to know. What? That this American Life episode that we listened no, to. No, that's not what it's about. No, I know. But they mentioned it though. No, this is a very specific quote from. Oh something oh. that i'll tell you offer oh, okay but she got off the plane okay that's an important yeah line. and so something i wanted to mention about mm-hmm. the scene that i think is cool and it, again it's going back to how we mentioned about the first airplane scene but nick has to he has to like fight through these yeah. physical <laughs> obstacles of uh, all the other passengers putting up their luggage in the bins above and i found that to be such a cool use like a space for uh, doing the scene in and then also it it has the symbolism of how he's he's, willing to fight through the obstacles exactly and he's gonna have to get used to you know being married and bridging his very affluent family to the general public type of family yeah and so i just found that to be really cool how he's like how those bodies and how this environment, this very like packed in environment isn't what he's used to. And he's having to like push through that to get what he wants. Yeah. And it was so cool. It was so cool. And we get the revelation that's like, cause we're like, why is he back? Why is he proposing? You know, yeah. again, he already, he just proposed five minutes ago. Like why isn't, why is this one going to be any different? And then it's (gasps) like the big reveal. Oh, and it shocked me. Yeah. It shocked me. I was like, (laughs) it's a good, like they, they edit it so good. And it's just like, (gasps) and it, and, and it all clicks and you're like, Oh, she approves. Cause I totally thought she was about to say no, no, Nick. Like I'm done with this. Right. I agree. Like I told your mom, (laughs) but no, the mom had her approval and the symbol of the ring. Exactly. And then, it's cute how like the people on the plane are all like looking and like excited about it. It's, it's very real. <laughs> she says yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she does. And then he's like, let's stay for a bougie engagement party. <laughs> and they have this bougie engagement party. Right. And they have that final look, which is very important. Yes. Between her and Eleanor that you mentioned already. Exactly. Sort of the significance, just distance, but like approval. Mm-hmm. Just I just like, man, it was a powerful shot for yeah, me. Yeah, it was. Because um, I always, I really like those. I s- I've seen them in a few other movies, but I, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But like in the end where it's like the protagonist is celebrating and receiving what their goal was yeah, and getting yeah, what they yeah. wanted. And then they have a quick shot of looking out to the distance to that one person that like made that difference for them. And it's, there's no verbal exchange, yes, but it's the, the magic look. of yeah. Yeah, editing, you get it. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great, yeah. great rom-com. Yeah. And that's a real hotel. It has the biggest infinity pool. 
I did not know that. Yep. Isn't Singapore where like they had the Trump North Korean summit? I don't know. I think I don't keep up. Uh, but it sounds like reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> it's a major like Oh wait, oh wait. So this hotel is real? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It has like the biggest rooftop infinity pool or something. I was so unsure because at first, in the first shot that they show of Singapore, it looks so CGI'd. Right. Like it looks really fake and I'm j- and it's so out of place. I'm like, there's no way that that weird looking know, building is real. I don't know, I don't know if real. it's even in Singapore. It might uh, be like in Malaysia. I don't know. But I think, now I, I want to research I, it. I think I read it's real. It has a huge infinity pool. I mean, that's a ridiculous architectural feat. Right. Well, but... The architecture in like Singapore and like I think of Dubai too. Like yeah, it's like crazy futuristic. Oh yeah, <laughs> that oh building my God. is so extra. I wanted to mention in Mexican culture, we also have to call like other rich people aunt. Like you know, they were calling everyone auntie. Oh right, right, right. We have to call everyone tia. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yes, it's so annoying. Uh, that's my mom would be like call her tia or else you know because that's, that's pretty funny there are times we were rich times we were poor and whenever we were kind of rich and my mom would be friends my mom is always so friendly she makes friends with everyone so yeah. like the rich ladies like her a lot because she's entertaining and is it sort of like a sign of wealthy elders or something like that not elders just like anyone like your mom's age or older Ooh. you have to call tia and they're the boys you call tio it's just funny. I was like, are you serious? Down to literally that lingo. It's like same in Mexican culture. I don't know about other cultures, but my mom would always be on me like, you better call her tia because they're rich. <laughs> Ustedes. <laughs> yes. Usted tia. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's rolling their eyes in the studio. <laughs> so, wow. Well, we've completed our review of the movie. I know. It was a long That's crazy one. rich Asians. Because we were excited to be back. Yeah, it's true. We Directed by John Chu. Yeah. Big episode. Um, we covered a lot and this is a big movie. I'm excited to see how this year really gets reflected back in terms of like reviews for Hollywood and cinema. I'm because excited. I'm excited for the Oscars because I've actually been seeing stuff like in real time rather than. Mm, right. Like, like I hope to see Black like, Klansman soon. Yeah, same. Um, we actually, maybe that should be our next. Maybe. Not, I don't know, to cover, but like definitely to go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But p- probably to cover too. Right. I really want to go see that too. I My deal with Black, well, it's supposed to be really good. So it got um, a really prestigious award at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard. It didn't get the Palme d'Or, uh, but it got like the audience choice, which is like the second biggest award that you could get there so and it's like the first u.s film in like 15 years or something to get it so yeah kind of a big deal so that's cool it is another spike lee joint yeah which like if if we should cover it because there's a lot to go into about spike lee's for sure kind of like troubled history with hollywood yeah totally yeah i'm excited this has been a good year and it's fun to like actually be interested because i feel like like not i feel like last year was generally pretty interesting but like i feel like other years the oscar movies are so like you know old people drama Mm -hmm. you know kind of dull yeah but this year has been like experimental and yeah no they're pushing the envelope they're like redefining the envelope yeah and diverse and a lot of consistent a lot of things yeah It's, it's been like fun like i 
every movie I hear about, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that. I don't know how about how Crazy Rich Asians will do in award season. I feel like it'll get like Golden Globe noms and stuff. Right. But there's just so many like new stuff and it's it's fun. I feel like the Oscars doesn't look kindly upon rom-coms exactly. in general. I don't I don't expect it there. Maybe mm-hmm. with like costume or something. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. But Maybe director. Or like best adapted screenplay. Right. Yeah, I could see it there. Actually. Definitely. That's a good point. Yeah. Best I'm original might go to eighth grade. I was thinking, sorry to bother you. Yeah. Because it's so original. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> well, it's not spoilers. It's original. So original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, that uh, it's just been fun and we hope to cover more. You know, Stars Born's coming. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm about to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about. <laughs> not yeah. quite yet, but soon. Yeah. So, final grade? A. Oh, man. Um, it was a good rom-com. I haven't... I don't know if I know any rom-com that's this good. Uh, I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. <gasps> wow. I'm yeah. shook. I am a little bit, too. I, I hope I don't regret it. <laughs> There's no stakes here. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, good. I just... I, I can't really right. find I any an flaws. I should give it an A+. Plus. I I'm enjoyed just being, it a lot. I'm being a snooty, like... <laughs> oh, is it pushing the envelope enough? Is it indie oh. enough? You know, but no, it's it was fucking fun. Yeah, I mean, like they totally stuck within a genre, but I think that yeah. they uh, bent the uh, requirements mm-hmm. of that genre enough to give it lots of originality. Yeah. It was very fun. It, was, it fun. was a high quality piece of media, from acting to the cinematography to the story. Um, all of it was very quality for me. Yeah. I want to rewatch it and maybe if I was like it. Chinese so and saw right. the inaccuracies or the right. nuances, I'd be more like a. But like you're right for me, a plus because I I don't know the culture enough to like know what's accurate, what's not. Like also they them speaking British and American English all the time doesn't seem realistic, but like it's also a Hollywood movie, so yeah. it's just how it is. Here's my final note, I guess, is okay. I, uh, and you'll appreciate it, I think, is I really liked the title card design. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It was awesome. It and was. And it came through out because it was like. It's consistent. cities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful it titles. Fit, it fit the uh, vibe of the movie yep. really well. It gave it this, to me, that was the p- part of the playfulness of the movie. Yeah. Um, it was like expensive, but pop. Yeah. It, what I. And it, it wasn't the flat design. Like the flat design is what we've kind of had for like the last five years yeah, or so. Yeah, yeah. And it had some depth. Yeah. And, and texture. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that honestly, based on the trends of what I've seen with some other apps and such, is I think that and graphics, is I think that the flat design is starting to kind of get a phase out. Yeah, I think right now it's more about like it's kind of flat, but it's like three D, not in shadows mm-hmm. and stuff, but like more shape 3d yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean like those titles but like i've seen that a lot lately exactly like the 3d but not like necessarily shadows because before like on like the way apps looked they were more like shadows and gradients and right that looks kind of old school but this is more like it's still i feel like based in the flatness it's like stemming from that it it's, is it's like has a little more depth to it yeah yeah um, and it's a good. little it's more a, dimension. Mm-hmm. And that's been a 2018 trend that I've noticed, and yeah. so I liked that. It's a good one. They did it. 
really great I'm movie. I'm excited to rewatch. That's, uh, this is something like I would love Same. to rewatch. Good quality, but lighthearted. That's like my go-to rewatch. I don't usually rewatch drama and stuff. I'm excited to rewatch it too. I've been rewatching some 2017 movies we covered. So we recommend it. Go watch it. Uh, tell us what you think about it. We'd love to hear from you. We're accessible yeah. on all the channels. Yeah. And let us know what you want us to cover. If we missed any big releases or anything that are, or anything old that is interesting or relevant or something. Uh, you can reach us, email us at hikeybookclub at gmail.com or tweet us or Instagram us at hikeybookclub. Today's shout out, I'll give it to my friend Amelia who lives in New York and she was really nice to us when we went and she showed me around and stuff while Cameron abandoned me and <laughs> she follows... I was right next door. <laughs> she follows Heggy Book Club and likes her stuff and she, today she was like, she commented on our little picture recreating the oh yeah, crazy the rich ocean yeah. <laughs> ocean <Ocean-free>. crazy <laughs> rich Asians poster <laughs> yesterday when we went to the movies. <laughs> yes. She she liked that. It was good. I mean Yeah. You I, might not be able to tell it was a selfie, but <laughs> Oh yeah. It, you can see Cameron's selfie skills. Yeah. It looks like someone else took it, but he took it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I'm available for hire. CameronBelcher.com. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you so much for your support, Amelia, and everybody else who continues to chime in and listen and like our posts. Yeah, um, thanks for listening. Sorry that it took us a couple of weeks, but we hope that you liked our return. Yes. And uh, thanks for it's bearing with us on the break. One. Yeah, you <laughs> know, I mean, we were consistent all throughout the summer. It's so true. It was a good summer to fall semester break. Yeah, it's like, you know, I... Wanted to take a little bit of break off, get ready for my upcoming fall semester. So appreciate that. And uh, we've got Virgo month, Vir- Virgo <laughs> season coming around. Well, it's now. It's, it's now. just started oh, this week. Got corrected. Yeah. All right. I stand. And <laughs> as always, thanks so much for listening. And we look forward to seeing you next week. You'll be hearing from us. <laughs> <laughs>